Hey, good morning, and welcome to HR Examiner's Executive Conversations. I'm your host, John Sumpter, and today we're going to be talking with Damon Gage from Vervo. Damon, how are you? Good morning, John. I'm well. Thanks for having me on this morning. Would you take a moment and introduce yourself? Sure, John. Happy to do so. Um, Interestingly enough, I I don't have an extremely long history in the HR and TA space, but uh, I was introduced to um, our co-founders at Bravo, Omer Malad and, and David Weinberg, by one of our board directors, um, and immediately fell in love with their passion uh, about the space and uh, specifically their excitement around the problem that they're solving within the, the market space. Um, my career specifically, John, has been uh, working with teams to better realize ways of utilizing technology and specifically doing that through the understanding of data. And now with Bravo, I've uh, been able to really focus that passion around the hiring process and then more importantly, working diligently to, to better understand the diversity inclusion, diversity and inclusion challenges that uh, are within the space. So, so you're a uh, been about 50, you're I a am a surfer. I am. Nope. I live uh, in Northern California on the coast in the Half Moon Bay area, actually. So, so how often do you get out and surf? Not nearly enough, John. Not nearly enough. <laughs> but <laughs> I just, uh, not nearly enough, but I do try to get out a few days a week, uh, if not on the weekends, and maybe some very early mornings than I can. Yeah, yeah, not nearly enough, and a few days a week seem to, seem to be non-overlapping <laughs> circles in a Venn diagram. Uh, that, that, that sounds, uh, that sounds pretty good. Fair so enough. you put a wetsuit on and go out and look like shark food. I do. Wetsuit, hood, booties, gloves, you name it. You know you know the Northern California coast and it's uh, it's a little chilly in our water here. So it is a little chilly in the water. So so I don't think there are a lot of surfers running um um American HR tech uh companies. That's it's a unique class that you're setting up. You think surfing has um something to teach your management of this process? That is an interesting question. There is there's certainly a uh, a peacefulness that comes along with surfing, which is why I love it. It allows me to <clears throat> get away from all the noise that we hear on a daily basis uh, and allows me to kind of focus in. It's really kind of my getaway. Um, if, if anything, I think, you know, from in particular, the, the, what we face on a daily basis is just a lot of noise all around us uh, in an ever-increasing data-filled um, market. Um, so maybe it's just the idea of, of being able to find a little peace and quiet and focus in on what it is that's important to all of us every day. So Vervo, how did it get to, how did it get its name and what does it do? Yeah, great, great question. And Vervo means the real you, um, and really means um, understanding who you are. Um, and Vervo, specifically, what it does is it's really an intelligent platform that will allow you to evaluate candidates or applicants on the job skills. And then we automatically recommend top scores to hiring managers and recruiters. So the candidates can actually prove their skills in the platform, John, through real life scenarios. And then we use AI on the back end to stack rank order those candidates based solely on how they perform. We don't look at gender, race, age, education, background. 
uh, when scoring on the platform. It's 100% based on performance. Uh, our goal is to eliminate the need for resume screening. That can often lead to biases in hiring, and our goal is to really give everyone an equal opportunity to showcase their skills. Well, that's that's an interesting thing. So, so how broad is the library of skills that you assess? Very broad. We have, um, and we focus. Just point of clarification, we focus on the knowledge worker. Uh, obviously, a computer and an internet connection is going to be critical here. Um, but very broad. We have a hundred thousand plus questions that are in our library. Uh, we have thousands of pre-created uh, assessments that obviously uh, the key here is going to be contextually dependent based on the specific uh, role that you're hiring for. Hiring for a graphic designer at a Fortune 500 company is a very different role than hiring for a graphic designer at a, a Series A startup. Um, and we work very hard with um, our AI machine learning to help identify the right questions for our uh, folks that are working there. So that's a that's a broad space, and and one of the things that's happening is, um, in the world that you operate, new skills are emerging every minute. You, you know that the, yeah. the 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 front end of the evolution of work is moving very very rapidly. So how do you stay on top of that? Great question. So. We actually have a group of a team, if you will, over 300 industry, a uh, variety of different industry folks who contribute to our library on an ongoing basis. Um, these folks are continually writing questions and creating new, what we call talent trials or assessments along the way, John, and adding additional questions to the database. And it's literally, uh, a, to your point, it's a daily activity that happens. That library is continuing to grow. Uh, and as you know, and pointed out that um, there are new roles and new ideas and new concepts and new skills that are required every day. Um, so it really is an ongoing, uh, ongoing event and um, work very closely with our data science team to incorporate that in and make sure that there's quality um, that's coming in with those questions as well. That's, that, that's a fascinating process. So 300 people, adding new questions to the question database on a daily basis. If I'm a customer and I want to understand how something is evolving, how do I do that? Right? Cause you've got this, you've got this yeah. really interesting mechanism for, for continuing to assess the evolution of work as that happens. And so now here I am, I'm a manager at a local soda bottling company, and I want to understand how the knowledge work in my organization is changing and what the new skills are. How do I look at what you've done, which would clearly show me that, and get that data out? Yeah, so we, an interesting question, we actually have uh, a team of IO sites on staff um, that we work very closely with. When you come to Vervo or are looking to be able to assess candidates, we do expect that you would understand the particular attributes that you're looking for. We're not a consulting firm. In other words, we're not going to tell you what you need for a specific role. What we can or what attributes you need for that role at your organization, what we can do is help you understand that. And we can 
set you up with our IO psych team to help create something that is bespoke for your role that you're looking to identify. So, um, but we, as an assessment platform, we certainly can help you develop those questions um, that are specific to that role. And we can certainly talk you through um, what you're looking for and make suggestions about what we're hearing from the marketplace. But again, just to, to kind of separate those two pieces, we're not gonna tell you what your role is and what you need. We do expect you to come to the table with a little bit of understanding of that role um, and help us to develop those uh, assessments for you, if that makes sense. So, so how does AI fit into all this? Great question. Uh, we do use AI extensively at Vervo. Um, I mentioned how we, we use it to automatically grade assessments, um, but a really another really cool aspect of it is how we continually learn from our customers and we create models that mimic uh, some of our customer preferences. Um, for example, if you have, and going back to that example around um, a designer, uh, if you have the same candidates complete the exact same assessment in the exact same way in two different companies, Bravo will actually rank those candidates differently, John. Um, we do learn from the employer as well, uh, obviously, as the behaviors that folks are actually, uh, the performance of the uh, applicants on the platform. Um, we learn from those employer preferences and apply that to the grading models for each of our employers. So it's a continually uh, learning AI system. Uh, every employer ends up with their own quote unquote custom models, which are continuously evolving as they continue to grade um, their candidates coming through the platform will learn from their preferences as well. Um, you know, it's a, again, that graphic designer at a, a series at a fortune 500 company versus a graphic designer as a series, a startup, you're going to grade those very differently. Um, and the, the AI will learn from those preferences to understand, um, on the back side of that. And just, a, an asterisk here, because this question often comes up is, well, how do you avoid, uh, employer biases? Well, another cool use for the AI tool is. Um, that the AI, the ML models are constantly checking for biases that could be introduced by humans. Um, this is an area where our data science and data science team and developers put a ton of effort into. Uh, and from what I understand, and again, I'm not the technical brains here, uh, our biases detection models are very powerful um, and obviously based on AI and machine learning. So, so without diving too far into the technology, if, if your system notices a bias, what happens? Yeah, good question. Um, because we stay away from the bias data, what we're trying to do is analyze of the, let's say the hundred and, and maybe a better way to talk about this is talking about what we do analyze the, the specifically how we analyze the data, what data we analyze, and then how we take your preferences into account. So um, Vervo will analyze the way all candidates perform tasks to detect mastery of those skills. Um, Vervo detects patterns between the, the candidate behavior and grades given to comparable candidates by the hiring managers. And then from what data we analyze and what data we don't analyze, and I think this gets to the, the basis of your question, we analyze candidate responses, e.g. text or video transcripts are analyzed and how well they respond. We don't look at facial recognition. We don't look at um, um, any types of behaviors in the video. We only look at the transcripts. And then we also look at the speed, the engagement, the intensity, 
Um, and we never analyze personal data. So I mentioned the age, the gender, the race, the background, uh, education, none of that comes into play. And then that third piece is the preferences. So when you grade candidates' responses, we do learn from your preferences and take that into account when calculating the grades for the candidates. So, um, and then uh, again, the, the anti-bias detection methodologies come into play uh, really in, in that sector. Does that answer uh, your so, question, John? Uh, well, let me ask you a little bit more deeply. Um, so, so what you just said, if I, if I were to summarize it, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but, but if I were to summarize what you just said is when we see a place where bias could occur, we don't look there. Um, um, and that's how, that's how we manage bias. Um, but, but I'm interested in, in the detection thing. And it, it seems to me that, that bias is really, really hard to get away from. And that, that there may be multiple categories, right? There's, yeah. there's bias that's illegal and there's bias that should be illegal and there's mm -hmm. bias that's necessary and important. Um, mm -hmm. And, and, and so I, I bet you're really talking about the kinds of bias that are either illegal or should be illegal. And you're not talking about the kinds of bias that um, give a company its point of view. The, the bias that is illegal is uh, absolutely a focus. But let me explain the, the bias about the, the company's point of view piece so I understand a little bit better. Well, well so, so every company is a point of view on a market, right? And, and bias, mm -hmm. is just, mm -hmm. bias is just another word for point of view, right? It's, it's mm -hmm. nothing other than point of view. And, and, so, and so what makes a company coherent is its point of view mm. and the evolution of its point of view. And so, so when you generalize about bias um, and, you, and, and you say that you're trying to detect bias and eliminate it or mitigate it or notice it or manage it, um, bias is a, bro a broad category. Um, the, the fact that at company X, work involves a whole bunch of meetings um, and inside of those meetings, a variety of things happen and a company why a meeting is the opposite of work, right? Those are two yeah. biases um, that make fit um, um, a, a very critical thing because somebody who wants to accomplish without a lot of oversight is not going to be happy in a meeting, happy operation. Uh, right. And so, so the yeah. bias is is not only necessary; it's 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 important. Um, and and what you want is to curtail bias that inhibits the equal equal access to opportunity for all people. And that's a very narrow subset. If there are if there are 180 or 90 different categories of unconscious bias. Um, gender and sexual orientation and ethnic bias are, you know, 5%. Um, right. And, and so, totally. so the question is, the question is thinking about bias in a larger, more productive way than just um, avoiding litigation. 
hundred percent. No, and I think you, the the piece that you're talking about is is the preferences. Um, it's understanding how what you're going to look for to your point in a in an individual. Um, your preferences around what those people, what the key attributes that you're looking for in a in a candidate are. So I think you're right, and our focus is on because we do learn from those, from the preferences is what we're calling them, and I think that's the same thing that you're talking about. Um, but at the end of the day, the illegal biases um, is certainly something that uh, is the larger focus. And to your point, looking at points of data that would be in any way, shape, or form uh, an illegal approach or would lead to um, unfair hiring practices in any manner, um, as, as we understand it, would be um, something we would try to avoid. So absolutely right. So, so, so does Vervo provide guarantees that, bi that illegal bias is eliminated? So what we look at is contextually dependent when we're talking about a specific role, the, the skills that you are looking to hire for are, and because we actually create bespoke talent trials or ass, um, assessments, those questions have to be role dependent. And we will certainly look to you to help us to understand you being the hiring manager to help us understand the requirements of the role to ensure that those questions are relevant um, and ensure that um, we're making, creating the, the assessments that are appropriate for the specific roles you're looking at. So, so what are the big questions you're trying to answer at Provo? Um, Great question. Um, we're trying to help companies figure out who to hire um, based on their actual performance, trying to do that free of bias, John, and, and do that at any scale. And more specifically, um, how do you test for certain roles and skills, helping you to create uh, a talent trial that is um, specific to the role you're looking to hire for. Um, what is the proper way to solve the challenge of having too many applicants to filter and making sure you give everyone an equal opportunity to showcase their skills? Um, how do you make hiring decisions with confidence and understanding whether or not this person has the right skills for the role? And at the end of the day, how do you, you build a diverse team um, and, and try to do everything within your power to remove bias, negative bias from the process? So that's really so the, the goal. So do you have a view of how much of success is dependent on skills and how much of success is dependent on some other set of factors? Absolutely, I have a, a view on that. Um, there are many other factors, obviously, that come into play, but when it comes to performance, we believe that skills – plays a very large role um, in being able to perform a job well. Um, in particular, in the hiring process, being able to understand whether or not, and, and we all know this, but on a resume, I could be anybody I want to be. I can put anything I want on a resume, and I can actually probably be anybody I want to be for about an hour long in an interview and come across that way. So really understanding whether or not an individual has the skills is another tool 
uh, an arrow in the quiver, if you will, to understanding whether or not they'll be a good fit for uh, a particular role in an organization. So, yes, we do believe that uh, skills has a significant impact I, um, in the, the hiring process, and specifically, um, it's a great indicator of whether or not somebody has the capabilities to perform the role. It's certainly not going to define their personality, uh, but do they have the attributes and skills that are um, that are going to fit that role? Got it. So what are the big ethical issues that you see? Yeah, I think we, we've kind of touched on them, um, but I think um, the three probably that I would call out today that we see the most in the marketplace and what we hear the most about are obviously, again, the biases in hiring. Um, it's the, the lack of diversity and inclusion in the workplace and then um, really giving everyone an, an equal opportunity to be able to showcase their skills and um, reviewing a stack of resumes is not the way to do that. So, I, you know, it's, I just recently saw a job posting whose very first bullet point um, on the list of required skills and experience was bachelor's degree from a top university. Um, this is just one example, obviously, here, but um, it's not an uncommon selection criteria that said there are multiple studies out, and John, you'll know this better, far better than I, um, that call out the fact that education is one of the top items reviewed by recruiters and hiring managers when scoring uh, or scanning a resume. And, uh, and you know this, but there's a number of reasons why this tends to be a really bad habit. Um, and at the end of the day, you often miss out on obviously some very amazing talent because you're limiting your view, and you end up perpetuating these systemic biases um, because top colleges inherently favor the affluent. Um, we move to the, the lack of diversity and inclusion piece. Um, I think companies are not necessarily reaching their greatest potential um, when we know that there's um, many studies that show there's a st statistically significant relationship between diversity and innovation outcomes. Um, in particular, um, the most diverse companies are typically the most innovative. In fact, companies with above average diversity, um, we're seeing in a number of studies, tend to have higher innovation revenues and higher EBITDA margins. So, you know, certainly um, going broader and wider there and limiting their, their ability. And then last but not least is the opportunity for everyone to showcase their skills. Um, meaning most assessments in the marketplace today, I think you'll find is they tend to charge by candidates. You run through the platform and at Verbo, we specifically have designed our pricing model to, um, to not be focused on the candidates, meaning you can put 10, 100, 1,000, 10,000 candidates through. We don't charge you based on that. We only we look at the number of hires that you do because we do want you to give everyone an equal opportunity. We really want you to hire based on merit and not background. Um, and so it's really about giving everyone, again, that equal opportunity within the hiring process. That's interesting. So so how would you describe the fundamental difference between Vervo and everybody else? That's a good question, John. Um, you know, the mission of making hiring about merit um, and not background is something that resonates through our organization and is something that we really live to um, to provide. And when I say that, it's from the top down. Um, 
I don't know if I, I've shared this with you before or not, but Omer Malad, our CEO, has a unique story and kind of um, background about how we got to that and what really is, and I think this is what makes us different. Um, and, and David, our, our other founder, had a similar story, but Omer was um, grown up in Tel Aviv, Israel, um, went to the best high schools in Tel Aviv, went into the military and was promoted to a commander in the military, got out and worked at a number of startups in Tel Aviv. He had dual citizenship and decided he wanted to move to Australia um, after all that experience. And after going there, he sent out 100 resumes and with a name like Omer Malad and no formal university training or background, he received exactly zero responses. Um, and that was something that very much so stuck with him. Um, as you can imagine, he bit of an overachiever that he is, went back and got a finance degree and then two law degrees and went back in the workplace and ended up running a number of large financial organizations and a large group in a financial organization, I should say. And one of the things that consistently stood out to him was that even as he was hiring for himself, the people that often were the best performers did not look the best on paper. So it was something that really he wanted to try and figure out. And David, he, he got together and was, how can we figure out a way to identify someone who has the skills? They may not look great on paper. They may not have a formal training or education background, but they have done the work to understand the role. Uh, and I really think that that, at the end of the day, is the, as a focus of the organization and something that we all believe very deeply in, is what differentiates us. It is what we are really focusing on and really has not only our mission, but our goal is to provide everyone with an equal opportunity and allow companies to hire based on and identify candidates who have the right skills for the role who may not look the best. It's, a, it's that whole diamond in the rough, John. That's, I think, the, what really differentiates how we're approaching the market. Fantastic. So thanks for taking the time to do this this morning, Damon. Would you take a moment and reintroduce yourself and tell people how to get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for having me, John. I really appreciate you bringing me on this morning. Uh, again, it's Damon Gage, and I am the president of North America for Bravo. Uh, my email address is Damon, D-A-M-O-N, at Vervo, V-E-R-V-O-E dot com. And I'll even give out my cell phone number so people can reach out if they need to, 925-408-0278. And I'd love to hear feedback. I'd love to hear questions um, and anything anybody else has to share. So, again, John, thank you very much for the time. Yeah, thanks so much for doing this, Damon. Uh, you've been listening to HR Examiner's Executive Conversations. We've been talking with Damon Gage from Vervo.com, a skills assessment company. Um, and um, it's been wonderful talking to you this morning. Thanks again, Damon, and thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We will see you back here same time next week. Bye-bye now. 